Hello and welcome to the Fire Retroscripts Fireside Stories Human Libraries. I'm Kimberly, as you all know, and today I'm enjoying a green tea with sliced ginger. My guest today is Mahara Wayman. Mahara enjoys a glass of Bustavian Bastardo, which is a smooth red wine that she was actually just telling me about. I'm a little bit jealous I don't have a glass right now. Um, although she has many favorite quotes like myself, the one that she's most attractive to right now is the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams, which was written by Eleanor Roosevelt. Love it. That's an amazing quote. Mahara will be talking to us today about the surprising gift of choice. She's an empowerment coach who helps women to harness their inner voices. And at the age of 55, Mahara had the opportunity to choose the tenor of the rest of her life. Losing her corporate job was the best gift that she could have asked for. And in fact, she did ask for it, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. She manifested as a massive nudge towards living her passion today, and she's excited to say that she's actually doing it. Before we dive into your story, Mahara, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then you can tell us if it's a little bit about your business as well. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much. First of all, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. Um, so I really just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. So who am I? My goodness, that's a huge question. Um, we don't have that much time, but in a nutshell, I am a Jamaican-Canadian, proud to call herself that. I'm a mom, uh, I'm a brand new entrepreneur, and I am a woman that is so excited to be stepping into the dream that she's always had for herself. And it kind of gives me goosebumps because all my life, I feel like I've I've lived in two realities. I've had the dream world, I'm constantly daydreaming, and my reality of, of you know, making ends meet and raising a family and all of those things that go on in our life. But now I see those two lives melding and I'm no longer, they're no longer separate. And I gotta tell you, it's quite, it's kind of crazy actually. So that's who I am, a very happy uh, 55 year old woman that's that stepped into her dream. That's amazing. I love that. I love how excited you just got. I saw your face shift a little bit and get excited when you talked about the melding of those two parts of you, basically, right? So you used to work in the corporate world and now you've evolved. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, until it happens, you don't realize that your life is, is led where, that you've led your life to a certain spot. So I worked for over 10 years for a health and wellness company, a global company. And with apologies, some machine in the back of the park is going backwards. I don't know if you can hear that nope, horrible sound. I it all. It's all good. Fabulous. So I'll just ignore it. So I spent 10 years plus in the health and wellness industry working as a coach and a territory manager. And I ended up being the lead territory manager in this company. And I had an epiphany about a year and a half ago, which was while I loved my career, I wasn't happy anymore. And it was right when COVID hit and there were lots of changes in my world. And this February, I was transitioned out of that role. And the most amazing thing happened because as I was being transitioned out, I realized that this was exactly what I'd wanted and what I had manifested and asked for. And so I was very excited. And it wasn't with, I feel kind of badly because I phoned friends and family and said, guess what? And they were like, oh, she won the lottery. I'm like, I'm no longer with the company. I can do what I want. They thought I was crazy, but I was literally so grateful for the opportunity to just breathe and recognize that there was something out there, something else out there for me. Um, so 
Yeah, that was my my crazy epiphany because most people aren't happy to lose their jobs, but I was actually and continue to be very happy. So did you feel like a weight kind of lift out of your stomach when that happened to you? It, it was a lot of things. I felt like, the, yes, the weight was lifted. I felt like this dark cloak I just threw off and I felt free. And I know that it doesn't make sense until you experience it, but it was the freedom of, wow, I really get to choose. I really get to choose. And I, I knew what I was going to choose because I'd been thinking about it and being passionate about it all, all along. I've, I've daydreamed for years that I was a motivational speaker. Yeah. When I was doing my work as a coach within the company, I loved it so much that it's all I, it was all I could think about. So now I sit on my porch going, wow, I'm choosing to be this coach and I'm choosing to be a motivational speaker. And that's just all there is to it. It, it feels kind of, it feels kind of cool, actually. Now you're like fitting into your group. It almost feels like I didn't know you before, but when you're speaking about all this, it's almost natural to you. It's like what you were meant to do, what you were meant to be. I've been practicing, practicing it for years, seriously, because I remember years ago when I first got into the company, daydreaming about being something outside of the company, still doing the same job, but it was outside of the company. Mm -hmm. So I've been practicing and, and I've been living the dream in a dream way for so long that it is natural. It is, it is what I do. It's not, it's easy to talk about. It's easy to picture it. Um, what's not easy are all of the technical things that I need to learn. Um, you know, I'm new to Instagram, for example, and there's a lot of, of um, marketing that you have to do for yourself on social media. That's new. But I have daughters that can help me, which is wonderful because they live in the social media world. Yeah. But it, it does feel very natural, which is every time I realize that, I, I recognize that that's just a sign that I am in the right place. Exactly. Right? It's not... I don't feel the friction. I don't feel like I'm going against the grain or against the stream, so to speak. I've kind of like jumped into the energy and just flow. Not to it. sound wacky or crazy, but that's no. how I feel. Doesn't sound crazy at all. I feel like it's also really um, impressive that when you were like, go, there's sometimes that feeling like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And you almost like embraced the change, like you opened. And I guess that's the surprising gift of choice. Like you just accepted it and celebrated it, it almost and then moved on. So that's amazing. It was interesting um, how my friends and family reacted because at first they were, oh no, should we be upset? Mommy's lost her job. And then when they realized how excited I was, they're like, this is a good thing. So, I mean, some, not everybody in my family was that open, but it really didn't take long. And it was another reminder that people will treat you the way that you ask them to. So I was asking the world to be happy for me and to be supportive and encouraging for my new venture. And I, I asked it with such clarity and such conviction that they had no, they had no choice but to do that. And that was another cool lesson along the way, you know? That's pretty interesting. There's a little, lot of little lessons that you picked up or have happened to you basically, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So tell me a little bit more about harnessing their voices. What does that mean for the viewers that are listening? Well, what I experienced was as I became dissatisfied in my work environment, my throat closed up. And I have always been very vocal 
always was very outgoing, had lots of energy, incredibly creative. I'd be the first one to put my hand up and I would still be talking about this idea once the meeting was over. But as I began to disconnect from the company and my peers, my throat closed up and I spoke less and less. And I came across a quote, I can't remember who said it, but basically it was a warning to companies that when your best people are quiet, you've got a problem. A and I thought, oh, I feel like that's me. And I had to work really hard to, to speak in meetings, for example, because of the disconnect that I was feeling and it was uncomfortable. And I realized that I wasn't being true to me for all these different reasons, but I wasn't being true. I was, you know, it was the middle of COVID, you know, people were losing their jobs. I wasn't, I was, it never occurred to me that I could lose my job actually, but I just didn't want to rock the boat. And I just got quieter and quieter. And I made a last ditch effort with presentations and ideas that went nowhere. And I realized that even if I was to speak my truth, it wasn't the right place anymore to do it. So I have, I, I realized in talking to a lot of my clients that not everybody is ready to leave their job. You know, most of us love our careers. We may not love being in the career in that moment for whatever reason, but we do love the overall, the umbrella career. So I want, I've designed a program to help women find their voice again so that they can feel heard so that they don't worry that they're going to be, you know, they're going to get side eye when they put their hand up or share something in a meeting, because I want them to feel, feel engaged with their career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the first things that I, that I talk about in my program is to get clarity, clarity on who you are, where you are, where you want to be. Yes. And I think part of my challenge, why I got all tight in the throat was that I lost that clarity and I was so busy telling myself how much I loved my career that I didn't realize how unhappy I was. So when I was able to just find, to be on, to say, honestly, you know what, while I love the company and I love what I do, I'm miserable. It wasn't until I was able to say that, that I felt free. So I want to, I, I want to help women be able to find clarity in their career, um, regardless of what that means as the next step. It's so important that they find their voice enough to investigate what they're feeling, what they'd like to say, why they struggle to say things in certain ways or at certain times. That's so interesting. I like that. And I feel like with that clarity, there's a lot of honesty too. Honesty of like towards yourself so that you can vocalize what you want to vocalize and put out there. Um, as a woman, I think uh, many of us have felt that kind of pressure to shut up, not say what we want to say or what we're feeling or really like look within because we're the caretakers and we're this or we're that. And I used to work in a very male dominated um, position years and years ago. And I just noticed that I would get quieter and quieter. Like you were saying, even though I felt like I had something to say, I wouldn't put it out there for fear of being judged or just, I wasn't aligned. It wasn't like what I needed to do. I ended up being let go from that position and I was upset about it, but I almost wish I had heard your story back then because I'm like, oh, it was such a gift to be let go because I was holding back so much. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting that you're putting yourself out there and speaking from experience to help these women. Very cool. Well, it's, I've learned that people tend to be passionate about their own story. Yes. If, if, they've, if they've 
reconciled their story. Mm -hmm. They, we often become very passionate about it. Um, and as I talk to more and more women, you know, you're not the first person that said to me, man, I wish I'd heard your story before. Almost everyone I've spoken to, they're like, oh, I, I know that, I've been that, I know that feeling, I've been that way. And what I found out just recently, I, I'm having my group coaching sessions, a, a lady said just yesterday, actually, wow, this, everything that we're talking about is transferable to any part of my life, not just my career. And I think that's really important for everyone to understand that the techniques, the skill set of in self-development is applicable anywhere, right? Whether it's in your, your relationships at home, your relationships with your peers, your relationships with your company, with your boss, with yourself. Um, self-development and personal development isn't just in the one area, right? It's gonna, it's gonna morph into others, or it should. Definitely. So you talked about techniques. Can you give us like just a quick little snippet, like the techniques that you use to help people find their voice? Um, good question. My clients will say, and I do think that the biggest technique that I bring to the table really is the, the desire to know. So I get my clients talking because I ask really good questions. Um, I've been trained to be a, a very astute listener. And I often will hear what the client's not saying. Yes. And I'm like, oh, and then I'll ask a different question. So, um, you know, basically in the group coaching sessions or my one-on-one -on -one sessions, there's a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions, but as far as, you know, straight on technique, I've developed one for clarity, for example. Um, I call it the clarity cone. And if you can picture a cone, you know, narrow at the top and, and wider at the bottom, and I ask my clients to describe a situation of, you know, a situation that they need clarity on and just give me a couple sentences. And then I ask them to put on a different hat, the hat of Columbo, you know, that famous detective from the 70s series and ask themselves a lot of questions about that situation. And they can start with who, what, where, when, why, just to get, just to get the facts around the situation. Because what I've noticed is that quite often when we speak of a challenge, we speak with feelings and assumptions rather than facts. So I ask clients to put their challenging situation through the clarity cone, um, ask themselves lots of questions, get more clarity on it. And then at the end of that, reframe the situation. And typically what happens is, you know, the situation starts with from a few sentences of assumptions and feelings. I feel, I thought, I, you know, I this, I this, ends up with, truthfully, turns out this is this, and they state many facts. And that's really changed often their perception of the, of the event. So I call it the clarity cone. And the idea is the more you do it, the quicker you get to it. So that while you may initially speak from an emotion, oh my God, did you hear such and such and such? You get to the point where you go, oh, hey, I understand that such and such happened. That's pretty right. Cool. So it's uh, it's not it's not a quick fix, but it's a very simple tool that we can use to get clarity in everyday situations. Definitely. And I can see how that would work with relationships to people, because sometimes what we hear is so clouded with our emotion and how we've interpreted it. When you look at it with clarity, it's probably not exactly at all what the other person was saying. Um, 
for me, my wife and I are very different people. You will never find two people so different. And so we butt heads because we don't necessarily, like you were saying, listen to actually what's being said. We have our emotions dripping all over everything. So we don't see it. But I'm going to try this clarity cone now next time. I'll have to tell her, pause, oh, I'll my clarity cone. <laughs> I'll send you the visual. But really, it's just, a, I mean, I love alliteration. And it was just a little way to go, just take a step back. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very we were very quick to have feelings, emotions, and thoughts about things. And, you know, part of living a mindful life, and of course, my business is mindfulness with Mahara. So I really, um, I really promote this idea of slowing everything down. And part of the clarity cone is taking a step back and going, okay, just let me get clear on a couple things. And, you know, it may be as simple as saying, honey, can you ask me, can you repeat that? I'm not sure I heard you. I can't tell you how many times I've misunderstood something that my husband's asked me. I just didn't hear him. Yes. Right? TV's going. I've got the AirPods in. I'm singing to Hamilton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but my favorite musical. Love it. But, um, yeah. So the Clarity Cone is one of the tools that I that I've got in my program. I have many, but that's definitely one to help us with clarity. Very cool. So you mentioned stepping back, slowing down. That's what your mind, that's what your business is about. Are you finding now that the pandemic's coming to a close or whatever is happening with it right now, are more people reaching out and saying that they want to slow down because they were forced to do it and they've enjoyed it? Or do you find that people are trying to go back basically into the same way? Oh no, people don't, for the most part, people that I've spoken to and seen online, they're quite I'm concerned about going back to the way things were. They have enjoyed working from home. They've enjoyed the flexibility. They recognize that they need to find a proper balance being at home because, you know, many of us, when you're working from home, you work 24 seven. So they're still, they still need to find some boundaries around working at home, but I've seen a big shift. And, you know, I talked to a lot of HR professionals because I, I work with them as well. And one of their biggest challenges is, okay, what now? What does it look like if we bring people back into the office? And, you know, if they don't come back into the office, then what do they, what does it look like for them to be at home? So without a doubt, the world is just coming out of a topsy-turvy situation. And because we're not going back to the way it was, everybody has to work to figure out what the new normal looks like. Exactly. Everybody has to do that. And I almost feel like the new normal is individual. For everybody like it's what is your new normal what does it look like what fits with you and I had that conversation with someone the other day because I I'm one of those people who does not want to go back to the rat race crazy even though I work from home I still felt like I was go 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 I loved breathing and just taking my time and kind of putting things down even though I know the work's still there enjoying time with my family whereas they were kind of saying maybe that's not possible and in my mind it's possible for me so it has to be possible for other people it's just finding out the tweaks and I guess if they were to contact you they'd find out what the tweaks are (laughs) definitely well I think that's the biggest challenge that we face as humans really is to get to know ourselves. yes and because of the pressures of our of our society we've got to make a living we've got to pay the bills you know all of these things sometimes we get caught in situations that we're not happy in Mm -hmm. and the pandemic gave us a real it was like a magnifying glass going is this what you really want to live? Is this how you want to live your life? 
And so a lot of us are going, wow, what is it I want? Who am I in this? Where do I fit in? What's that balance? What's going to feed my soul and put food on the table at the same time? So it's definitely, it's definitely um, a turbulent time still, but it's exciting because we now know the world will not stop if we don't go into the office. Yep, exactly. The world will not stop if we don't, you know, go to Florida for vacation or all those other, whatever it has, you know, we can survive quite happily um, if we give ourselves permission with different circumstances, right? We can. Great. All right. I have a question now. I want to go way back. When you first started thinking about mindfulness and you became, I don't know, started um, acknowledging it and educating yourself on mindfulness, what brought you to that point? Why did you start? That's a good question. I began my self-development journey probably 30 years ago. I wanted to know about dreams and, and just all kinds of stuff. And I started meditating about 30 years ago. And during my meditation practice, which I really sucked at when I first started it, by the way, I couldn't calm myself. I still, I still struggle. But one of the things I realized was that I would focus on how I was feeling in my body. And I would notice, oh, my big toe is itchy. Oh, had a little bit of a some funny, my knees a little bit something. Oh, my stomach's a little, oh. Anyway, I would just go through the day, every day, and just pinpoint how I was physically feeling. And years later, I just listened to an audiobook that talked about that as being one way of being mindful was really just tuning into without judgment what was happening in your world, including your body. And it was the without judgment part that caught my attention because when I first started, it never occurred to me to think, oh, I've got, um, I've got a bellyache, like there's a problem. It was just, oh, this is how my stomach feels. You know, sometimes you, you, you've got a, a problem, a health problem and you go to the, you assume the worst. I, you know, my tooth is falling out. I've got a toothache, my tooth is falling out. I've got a cavity. Yeah. But at that time, all I was doing was without judgment noticing. And I thought, that's interesting. You mean, I've been kind of practicing this all along without realizing it. So once I, I realized that, I'm like, that's, I, I got to learn more. So I just, I read a lot. I, I listen to audiobooks. But it was that understanding that it is possible to be aware and not judging in the same moment that kind of blew my mind. That's pretty cool. You're like naturally curious. You have those questions and you want to dig deeper. Yeah, it is. It's a curiosity without the second part, because now as you know, typically humans will go, we're curious and then we form it. We have an opinion about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder who's playing baseball, you know, who's playing baseball right now. Oh, those guys, they suck. Mm -hmm. Versus, oh, I wonder who's playing baseball. Obviously, you know, okay. Let's check it out. Yeah. There's a baseball diamond right in front of me, which is why I thought of it. But really, <laughs> in any, throughout our lot, you know, throughout our days, we make hundreds of decisions and choices. And almost all of them are with judgment. Yeah. We make a judgment, so we move on to something else. It's almost like being a kid again. That's what popped into my head. And the reason I say it's because I have a younger daughter, a little daughter. But when she asks questions, she asks them from a place of like genuinely wants to know the answer, but also just wants to feel it out and like figure out what it's, what's making something tick or why something is the way it is. And watching her, I realized similar to what you've just been saying, 
I have a question. I find out the answer and I'm like, okay, that's it. It's done. I know the answer, but she wants to know more and she wants to feel it. And if she sees something on the floor, what is that mummy? Oh, it's a fluff. She'll pick it up. She'll feel it. She might taste it, which is disgust, but she like wants to know and like actually go deeper, which is kind of similar to what you're talking about. So it's kind of cool. You almost like go back to your childlike state and you have those curiosities as a childhood. So that's kind of neat. That's wonderful. I love, I love how you describe your daughter and what she does. My <laughs> children have grown. I've got an 18 year old and a 23 year old yeah. and they're fully grown, but you know, the miracle of the miracle of childhood, when you, when you see life through, through a, a happy child's eyes, there's nothing like it. Like they're just, it's like almost like a puppy. They're happy with anything, right? They just want your love. They just, they, they just, they just want to live yes. and experience and understand um yeah it's lovely I actually spent since we're on this topic I have to tell you the story I actually spent the other day I made the decision that I was going to follow her rule so she's turning two so if you can imagine a two-year-old making all the decisions for the day but I was like no whatever you want to do we're going to do and it was actually so interesting the things we got into like she tasted the fluff on the floor. I know that's not especially dirty or whatever. So I was like, whatever. But then we were playing with like the sand on the floor and making designs. Yes, normally I would be like, oh my God, it's a mess. I'm going to have to clean up and da, 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 da. But to feel the grain, like she was feeling all the individual grains, which I've never done before. And then she's looking at all the colors. So it was just interesting to go through an entire day from a child's perspective and see how much more I learned and how much more relaxed I was. I wasn't exhausted at the end of the day. I didn't have those negative feelings that sometimes come up. So in my head, I was like, there must be something there. There's something about being a kid again, that kind of feeds you in a different way than adults do where we have so many responsibilities and must do's and needs to do's and shoulds and all that. So, yeah. I love that story. Cause you know what happened in that day? You were really living. Exactly. You were really living in that moment. Yes. And experiencing every every aspect of, of your reality is so rich. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful story. I love that. Yes. Good for you. Thank you. I think I'm going to incorporate it more often because I just couldn't believe by the end of the night I wasn't exhausted. Like, you know, the bone tired that you get as a when a child's young, like you're just so tired. I wasn't that way. And the work got done. Everything was done. And I was like, interesting. We can do this. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. And you know, I think you're right. It's very similar. Um, you know, that's that's the goal of living a mindful life is to without judgment, experience, taste, t- you know, touch, feel, and just and just absorb the beautiful energies around you um, without judgment so that you feel I think energized for whatever you choose to do next Definitely. so very nice exactly. is there anything that you do from a mindfulness place to kind of keep yourself in that state um, the calm just exploratory state well I still meditate um, every day and I try to just take a, a deep, a few deep calming breaths every hour. You know, I turn my phone, turn off the laptop, turn, put the phone away, and I just sit and breathe. It takes effort because you know I'm I'm in I'm in growing business mode, so there's a million things going on all the time. But whenever I feel, whenever I've got those butterflies, I know I need to just stop. And 
unless I'm in the middle of a coaching session, no one's going to know that I've just stopped. So I am trying to listen to my body and just stop and take some deep breaths. I also walk my dogs a lot mm-hmm. because I find, I find that quite, um, quite calming despite the pull and the trouble that they can get into. I do find being out with them quite calming, quite meditative. I can understand that. Definitely. It's almost soothing to just let time go. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this and I don't know the exact quote or anything, but I read something years ago about how time is a man-made thing. We created it uh, like the clock. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it and I've thought about it over the years and how Nobody said, I have to do this in this time. Nobody said, I have to work nine to five. Nobody said, this is when you do this. Like no one said it directly to me. So one of the big things that I did was break time. So I work, like I get up some mornings at 3 a.m. If I'm awake, I'm awake and I work those hours. And then I have the rest of the day to do whatever. I have to go to bed at seven, but that's just the way it is. But just kind of shifting my mind and shifting, um, the way I perceive time has helped me a lot in my business and in my life because I don't feel as much pressure. Obviously, there's days when you have to make meetings and stuff and you need to use time. I'm not saying that that's not going to work, but it was just something that soothes me now that I don't feel pressure to complete things by a certain time, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it does. That's awesome. I've often thought that I need to spend less time aware of the time, Yeah. right? But it's tough because everything is, you know, everybody. The fact that I know what time it is in England right now is a problem. Why do I know what time? Well, it's just that I, I, I talk to people all over the world. So I'm very aware of time, but I'm like, why on earth do I know what time it is in England? Like in what universe is that important? Apparently in mine it is, but I'm trying to sort of back away from that. And I'd love to not have a watch on all 24 yeah. seven, but I'm not there yet. So kudos for you for, for looking at, at changing your, your mindset about that, because I can see that it would be very, um, very beneficial. Yes. It's funny that you say you don't have, a, that you have your watch on coming from the world of working in a hospice, you need a watch because you document everything and medication and all that. So when I first took off my watch, I literally felt like my arm was missing. Like there was a piece of me and it was the hardest thing. But after I got through that initial year, probably it became easier. Like it just, I didn't notice you wear a watch now no I don't I refuse it's I have an alarm on my phone for meetings and things that have to be done but most of the time I don't look at the time it's hard oh my gosh you know what I am going to put that in my to-do list to take my watch off for a certain amount of period of time every day I love that and you have no idea well you can look at the sun I look at the sun and it's interesting that when you take away your watch you can start to tell what time it is if the sun's out by looking at the sun. And I know people have done that for years and like yeah. decades and everything, but we don't do it right uh, normally, but you start to be able to do it. It's interesting. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Sorry. Got off on a tangent as usual, but yes. So where this is a loaded question and I'm not sure if you can answer it, but with your business, where do you see it going? now that the pandemic's close, coming to an end and think people are needing more help, do you see your business still um, being for women to harness their voices or are you looking to expand? That's a really great question. Um, I always run the risk because I have so many, I'm so creative. I have lots of ideas on the go. I've promised myself that I will nurture, nurture this idea 
to a certain point where it's you know viable to sort of go on its own and I can leave it alone. For now, my focus is um, my program. It's called the Phoenix Empowerment Program, and that's my focus. But I have on the back burner, um, I've written a children's book, a very short children's book. And when the time is right, I'm going to develop that. It's called Mickey the Mindful Monkey. And I wrote it when, when I just had this idea that, gosh, here I am in my 50s struggling to understand mindfulness. Why didn't they teach me this in school? Yes. So I know there's lots of great material out there. And this, this is going to be one more addition to the, all of the great material out there. And anyway, it's called Mickey the Mindful Monkey. And he goes on adventures and he teaches um, his friends what it means to be mindful. So I do have other avenues of my business. But I will roll them out when the time is right. I have to trust that um, I'll know when the time is right to really give it the energy. I've also created some adult coloring books, coloring pages at this point with um, some of my favorite quotes of my own quotes. And then, you know, you can draw, you can color in around them. So I, I have a few things happening, but really my, my focus right now is the Phoenix Empowerment Program. That's what's, that's what's cranking my, my boat every morning. I'm like, okay. I love that you're excited every morning. You're like, yes, let's do this. That's amazing. Yeah, there, well, there's so much to do. And you know what? I love connecting with people so much that this is the this is my avenue. And with the pandemic, everybody's on Zoom. So I can, I mean, I've got women in my in my testing program right now that are from some are from England, some are in London, some are in California, some are in Vancouver. They're all over the all over the world. And I just love that. So yes, I'm excited to connect with people all over the world, all, all times of the day. That's fantastic. I love that even though you're where you are and I'm here and like there's a screen between us, I always feel your energy. When we spoke for the first time the other last week, I think it was, I actually felt it was so easy to share and so easy to just communicate and talk back and forth. And when I left our call, I felt jazzed. Like, you know, when you just feel like you can go do something. And so I was all happy and in a good mood. But for me, that speaks to your character and your personality and your program as well. So if I was taking your program, that's exactly the kind of feeling I'd want to leave with. Like that questions were asked and it, you asked a couple of questions that I actually thought about after the call as well. So that's really interesting. I feel like that's what I would want in a coach. I'd want someone to push me a little bit, but also leave me thinking and motivated. So that's pretty cool. Well, thank you for saying that. And you know what? I felt that way in speaking to people. And I think it's a gift to have somebody empower you to think differently about anything is a gift. So that's, that's why I do what I do. It's amazing. There's acceptance too. That word popped into my head when we were talking. Um, with the harnessing of the voice, I feel like you're very accepting of the weirder things that I say, like, I know I'm kind of quirky and weird, but you've never judged it. And I think that's one thing with a lot of women, we're shut down when we say something quirky or different or whatever, and you accept it. And I know that I've said things that maybe you haven't thought of before, but you get excited and you're like, oh, tell me more. So I appreciate that. And I got to say, thank you for doing that. You did it the other day and it literally changed my day when you just accepted. And it made me think about everybody in the world. If you just accepted, instead of refuting everything, you don't have to agree with the other person, but if you just accepted what was being said and maybe thought about it a little bit before you turned it down or shut the person down, how different would the world be? It would be so different. 
And you know, it's so funny you say that because really it's easier mm-hmm. to accept than it is to refute. Like it takes energy to be angry. I, for me now, it takes energy for me to get my goat up or whatever that saying is. It's, it takes way less energy to just listen and try to understand. And I think that's been the biggest turning point for me. And it didn't happen recently. This, I've, I've known this for a while that I watch people lose their shit. And I'm like, you must be exhausted. Like you don't even, first of all, I don't even think I understand what you said, but you must be exhausted being that angry. So I, I don't, I need to, I choose my, where my energy output wisely. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get upset about things when, when I need to, but it is definitely easier to not, right? It's easier to be curious and accepting than it is to be angry and disillusioned. Exactly. I fully agree. And so it comes down, for me, it comes down to what kind of life do you want to live? Life is so, I want to say precious, but that just seems corny. Um, It's important. Seeing people at the end of life, so many people at all ages. And I think for some reason, we still sometimes think that we're um, invincible. Like we're going to be here, like till we're gray uh, in rocking chairs or whatever, but it's not true. Like things could change on a whim, right? And seeing that at the hospice, it made me think, why be angry? Like, yes, I get mad. I've got a temper, trust me. But there's, like you said, it takes so much energy and there's no point to it to me. I'd rather be happy, enjoying, living my life, doing whatever, rather than putting someone else down or hurting myself in the long run, right? So I totally understand what you're saying. Hard lesson to learn. And so much of our world we've learned, right? We've learned from our upbringing, we've learned from our friends, the way we were treated, from our families, from, from our bosses. But what I say to my clients is look at, you deserve to be as happy as you want, right? You deserve that. The mere fact that you are on this earth means that you're here for a reason and why not make it the best reason possible? So you deserve happiness. And if it takes work, so be it. You know, you can choose, it takes work to be miserable. It takes work to be happy and centered and fulfilled and, and empowered. So let me help you, right? <laughs> let me help you do the work because I've, I've done it myself and it doesn't have to be as daunting or as scary. And in fact, you know, a, a, when you choose to learn and grow, the hardest thing is making the choice to do it, mm-hmm. I think. Once that choice is over, there's so many beautiful opportunities and people out there to support you. It really doesn't have to be that difficult. Exactly. I think. Want to support you. It's true. Definitely. I have one final question for you before I ask you if you have anything else to say, but your name, the name Phoenix, I'm sorry, it was Phoenix. uh... Phoenix Empowerment Program. How did you come up with that name? I know what a Phoenix is and I love Phoenixes myself. So how did you come up with that? I was picturing, I'm very visual and I have uh, an artistic background. So I pictured my ideal client before, during and after her journey. And as soon as I meditated on this and tried to picture it, the first image I saw was a phoenix rising up, was rising up. So I went on the hunt and found the logo for this. And it's a beautiful, I think, phoenix. 
And then I had to add to my creative burst and write a little prose around the Phoenix. And it felt right to me. So that's where I got, that's, that's why I stuck with the Phoenix. I love that. I love them. And I like the idea, you just said the exact same thing, but when a Phoenix dies, it becomes ash and then it's reborn again. So it never really dies. It just starts to regrow from whatever was left and rebuild until it's huge again, right? And I feel like that's so humans, it's us, right? And, well, and it can be, I mean, if we want it to be, it can be, right? And that's, that's there's lots of reasons why I chose it, but I love, I love the Phoenix. And I like the, um, the idea, the visual for my, for my clients as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, this is awesome. I could talk to you all day. Like last I know time. we said that last time, <laughs> didn't we? I did, but I had to cut myself off at some point, right? Is there anything before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners or the viewers, maybe if you have any programs coming up or if you have another tip or if you have anything you want to share? Wow, so much to share. I think the I think really the only thing that I'd like to leave you with is believe in yourself mm-hmm. because you can be, do, feel, and experience anything that you want to. Don't be afraid to ask yourself some tough questions and don't be afraid to ask for help because you deserve, you deserve it all. You deserve it all. Oh, I love that. I feel like you were talking to me. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me on my show. Um, Anybody that's looking to get in touch with Mara, look in the quotes or the quote above this um, video. All her information is going to be there for you to look into. And I'm sure she'd be happy to answer any questions or comments that you may have. So thanks again for joining me today, Mara. Definitely my pleasure. Have an amazing afternoon. And I look forward to another time. Definitely. Thank you.